Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Maggie Mahalchek, a registered dietitian and the owner of Once Upon a Pumpkin. Maggie always knew she had an interest in nutrition thanks to her older sisters, but had an even bigger passion for nutrition communications. Maggie shares more about her journey, including working in PR and turning a pumpkin-inspired hobby into a thriving business. Please enjoy my conversation with Maggie. At the event this past fall for Midwest Dairy, but... I definitely wanted to get to know you a little bit more um, as I see you all over social media and doing all the amazing things that you're doing, as well as releasing a cookbook very soon, which I hope you will talk about as well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so exciting to chat with you and thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, why don't you, let's, let's go back to the beginning of kind of your life and when you started getting, kind of getting interested in health and wellness and maybe becoming a dietitian. Yeah. So it's so funny. I was actually just talking about this today. Um, I started getting interested in working out more. And um, I remember, you know, it was the same time kind of when my mom was like shopping at Trader Joe's and, and I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like there's other stuff out there. And, and I just, I started to get interested in food and the way it makes us feel. And as I was getting into like exercising more and, and I have two older sisters, so I kind of saw them doing it and I was like, I want to do that too. And I was, you know, maybe a junior or a senior in high school and wanted to be just like my older sisters. And I saw them, you know, leaning more towards making meals. And, and I just remember like they were snacking on hummus one day and I was like, what is hummus? And I'm like, it was, you know, right when I feel like avocados were, you know, on the rise again. So I really took an interest in, in that. And, and I did started start to notice that, you know, foods really, different foods really made me feel a different way. And and so I wanted to get more information on that. I definitely went through a period of time when I was exercising a lot and I didn't know how to feel myself properly. You know, I overdid it there and ended up being deficient in some vitamins and minerals and like not feeling my best. And all of that kind of spurred my interest in majoring in dietetics and exploring the world of nutrition. I think that's interesting. It's so great how we all have this personal connection. And I love yours. It's like you watched your older sisters and you were like, I want to be like them. And yeah. I want to learn more about that. But also, like, I think a lot of us, we do get into exercise, but we don't know how to fuel ourselves. And that is, I feel, a very prevalent problem still, no matter what, yeah. with all the information that's out there. I totally agree. And that was definitely my starting point. And then, you know, pair that with kind of everything I heard in the media about not, you know, not having carbs and avoiding bread. And so it was just a very confusing time for me. And I really wanted to learn more about that and see how I could help other people with that. So how did your dietitian, so did you, were you in high school when all this kind of happened? And then you were looking for that nutrition connection and education as a college student? Yes. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to major in dietetics from day one and um, found a school that had the major and, and was on the path right away. And, 
you know, I really did enjoy those early on nutrition classes. And, you know, as they got more and more science intense, um, I wasn't always a fan of that. But, um, you know, we pushed through that as dietitians. And so um, that was where my journey took me. And then I did my dietetic internship through Aramark um, with a distance program. And so I was able to move back here to Chicago where my family lives um, and do the distance program through hospitals in this area. Oh, that's nice. I've I've heard like Aramark and Sodexo have some great distance options for their internships. Yeah. And it, it was nice because they um, already had the preceptors established. So I didn't have to go out and do that part, which I know is a good thing when people are looking at distance programs. Yeah, I've heard that. That could be exhausting. So good for you. I'm glad you had that set up. Yeah. So after after your internship, you know, since you kind of had that health connection and that health interest, and I know the internship isn't as full of hummus and avocado and things <laughs> like that. How, how did you kind of start finding your your passion and kind of where you wanted to go with your career? Yeah. So I think one of the ways that I started to find it or get really interested in maybe something, you know, different than where I was in, in the internship at that point was really seeing other dietitians and what they were doing in their jobs. So during the summer, I did a lot of internships with dietitians focused on writing or nutrition communications, or I even did a few with sports nutrition because that was a passion of mine and still is, um, but was more so at that point. And and so I just really wanted to stop and explore like, okay, what else can you do? And so uh, that really opened my eyes to private practice and beyond. I kind of knew off the bat that that clinical wasn't going to be the right path for me. Um, I was, you know, really thankful and I still am for that experience though. And obviously it's helped so much um, in so many different aspects of this career, but I didn't really see myself doing that long-term, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And at that same time, I had started an Instagram account and started to play around more in the kitchen. I was making stuff. uh, I was making different recipes and just started to kind of notice, again, like different brands out there and how they communicated their messaging and what made their product different. And something about that just really piqued my interest. And um, lo and behold, right after my dietetic internship wrapped up, I saw a job availability at a PR firm in New York dealing with nutrition communications. And and seriously, I had no idea even what a PR firm was. I was like, but this job sounds great and I'm going to take it and move to New York. So, um, that, that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> that's a, that's a huge leap too, especially since you didn't kind of know what it was and you didn't know what was involved and you were moving to a completely different place. But did you, did it resonate you when you, with you when you got there and how did that fit? Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely, there was definitely a learning curve and, you know, I have to say right off the bat that I'm, I'm so thankful for that job because it definitely taught me so much that has been helpful in my journey now as an entrepreneur, but I had no idea what I was getting into, to be honest. Like, (laughs) I, you know, I think at that point too, having, you know, my degree in dietetics and the dietetic internship experience, my writing and communication skills weren't super polished up because I wasn't really focused on that when, when going through the nutrition courses and stuff like that. So 
writing and nutrition communications was so huge um, in the beginning stages of that job. And that's where I really needed to like hone in on. And luckily I had really great mentors and kind of people to show me the ropes and to teach me because obviously people who major in PR get those types of skills and, and I didn't, but I was, I had skills that they wanted in a different way. So it was definitely a learning of mixing those two things together and working on teams and then learning really this um, nutrition communication side and messaging side of brands and how they want to communicate their message and um, partner and collaborate with other uh, organizations and dietitians and the media. So a lot, a lot was learned, um, but it was a huge jump. And, and yeah, it was, it was just a Midwestern girl going to New York city. So um, I enjoyed it for what it was, but ultimately knew that I did not want to live there. <laughs> sure. Well, and I think, you know, when you said that there's a lot to learn as far as nutrition communications and those writing and communicating skills and dietitians, we have all those other aspects that are great about us, but we don't have that, that little in between nutrition communications writing aspect. Yeah. If you had to talk to someone about, you know, if they're interested in that, what could a dietitian do to maybe start polishing up on those skills? Yeah. So I think um, writing on their own, whether that be through a blog or um, working with another dietitian, maybe who works in nutrition communications already and asking for some writing assignments and or just direction on how to hone in on your skills that way. I think that would be a really good starting point. I know that many dietitians who are in that field would welcome teaching it to somebody else or kind of showing the difference between writing styles when it comes to something like this versus maybe a paper that you're used to writing in college. Um, you know, I think blog writing can be a great way, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be perfect, but just you creating and cultivating your own voice out there, um, I think is definitely one of the first steps to being able to strategically use it um, to tell consumers or your clients or your audience um, these nutrition messages that they want to hear. That's a good, good advice because I feel like you're <laughs> right. Like you just need to, you just need to write and you just need to kind of get out of that school mentality, like those papers yeah. mentality and kind of get into what the lay person is going to read and understand and and how that translates to your customers and your clients. Right. And at first it's so hard to go against that because you're like, oh, I, I'm so used to writing this way and it has to be super professional. But but like you said, the lay person wants to consume this information in a different way. And and I think for a while I was I was really afraid to use my own voice to say something or, you know, craft my own messages. And and blog writing has helped me do that a little bit because I'm like, you know, I think that people like me are reading this and how would I talk to them? So think about who think about talking to your best friend and writing it that way. Good, good advice. <laughs> so obviously you did not stay in New York and didn't um, continue that lifestyle. So when you moved back to Chicago, what did that, I know that you said that you kind of started on Instagram a little bit. Did you immediately go into your private practice or how did you get started into that? Yeah. So I, I was on, I had the Instagram and it was still, you know, growing at that time and it was um, much smaller than it is now. And again, it was kind of still in that line of more of a hobby versus I'm going to use this for my business. But once I did decide to leave the PR firm and move back to Chicago, 
I wanted to take that next step to say, okay, I am going to use this as a business tool. I do want to speak with people one-on-one and help them, you know, um, with their nutrition issues and problems and help them solve that and, and take that journey with them. And what is that like? You know, I hadn't done that at that point yet. So I started to use my Instagram as more of a business tool to help me get clients and to help me do the other side of things that I really like to do, which is recipe development, um, with a food item or a new product and stuff like that. So I was able to use it in both ways, really. And I didn't even expect that. I didn't expect that to happen. But as I tapped into Instagram, connecting me to women like me who maybe had a similar journey or, you know, women in my age group who are struggling with things that I I can counsel them on, I, I began to see that Instagram was such a good connection because it could help me find the right clients for me. Don't you think I feel like Instagram is a much cozier place than maybe Facebook or Twitter or some of those other handles that people use? I feel like people just relate with each other better there. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I tried all the avenues, right? Like I put myself on all the ways that you could find a dietitian. And wow. I noticed that really all the clients that really were a good match for me were still coming from Instagram. So I was like, I'm not going to spend time trying to find them um, on other platforms. That's a good point too. Like don't, you know, you, we only have so much energy in our box, in our storage boxes each day. And so if you're mm-hmm. trying to do all the things that doesn't sometimes work. And if you find something that works, kind of stick with it. Definitely. I I mean, I, I definitely go through and have gone through and still go through times when I'm trying to do everything, you know, and then you got to stop and think for a second, okay, what is actually working? (laughs) Maybe I can focus on that. Sure. Now, have you always, I know, I know that you probably have talked about this before and I probably started following you because I loved your pumpkin aspect to your Instagram because, you know, everybody knows that's very exciting and trendy in the fall, but it was it all, did it start out as, was that kind of your hobby and then it's just kind of evolved into what it's evolved into or how did you kind of transition your Instagram account? Yeah. So it definitely started out as a hobby and I, it really started by me finding all of these pumpkin products. I mean, it was one of the first years where there was a lot of things beyond just the pumpkin spice latte out there. I mean, Again, I go back to Trader Joe's because they had a ton of pumpkin products like early on and and it was just kind of crazy things. I mean, it was like pumpkin ice cream and I just remember like pumpkin yogurts and and, and so those things I was so excited by. Not only have I always loved fall, um, but I was kind of like, wait, you can put pumpkin into this and it can be sweet and you can be savory. And and so I was I was really just having fun with it because once I started posting about these products, Uh, a community began to form of other people who were like, this is amazing. I get so excited to find these things in the fall. And, and so we got, we got to chatting and it, and it just grew from there. And so it was interesting because I did think that having that in my name and and really being focused on that topic in the fall, I, I was kind of wondering how that would translate. Like for a while I had a fear that people wouldn't take me very seriously because they're just like, Oh, well she only talks about pumpkin stuff. So I was like, how am I going to show that I do go beyond this and, 
actually I'm a professional, I'm a nutrition professional. Um, mm-hmm. but I think pumpkin was a great way to, to show people like, Hey, I can have fun with foods and I'm going to put pumpkin into them and show you how to do it. And I'm going to talk about its nutrition and Hey, I'm going to talk about the nutrition of other foods too. Well, that, and I love how you incorporate all your other foods. I'm sure people probably initially think, yes, it's all about pumpkin, but you are, you're all over the place with great nutrition information and other things outside of pumpkin, but you do incorporate it in the perfect places (laughs) and we know make it all consistent for you and for your branding too. Thank you. Yeah, no, that it's something that, you know, I, I work on every day and, you know, now this time of year, I'm like, does, does pumpkin work? Like, can I post about pumpkin stuff? And, and honestly, it still resonates with my audience. So I know that they are excited about it year round. And if I happen to have a new recipe now that I want to share with it, um, I, I do. So (laughs) I love, I did love, I made your, um, pumpkin energy bites that you just recently posted not that long ago and they're delicious. So that was, Oh, great. Because, you know, like energy bites, good variety. If you eat them all the time, you need some yeah, different variety. Definitely. So. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so kind of with your business now, are you still kind of seeing clients or are you mostly focusing on working with brands and kind of cooking in the kitchen? Yeah. So I will say that it kind of depends on the time of year. Um I usually like to work with clients more often during the first quarter of the year. And then the rest of the year, I'm more focused on cooking in the kitchen, um, working on my blog stuff and collaborating with brands. But this year has been kind of interesting too, because I was kind of asking myself a couple of questions. Like I want to be able to give people a tool beyond what I can do with a one-on-one counseling session. I just, I kind of started asking myself, what, what would it look like if I created something that could be really helpful for people, but is different than just a one-on-one um, consultation? So I'm working on something. It's in the works, um, kind of along the lines of more of a nutrition-based course that focuses on a few different topics and that people can go through at their own pace. And I don't have all the details worked out at this moment, but it was something I was really excited by and kind of dove right into doing this year because I thought, you know, what would this look like and how could I put my spin on it to get across these nutrition messages that I see my, you know, past clients struggling with, or I see people on Instagram always talking about, I was like, how do I put that into my own package to to share with the world? So still working on that, but that is kind of the way that I'm a little bit transitioning out of seeing people one-on-one and potentially going into this um, bigger scale of a course tool. That's exciting. And I think that's a great idea too. Like you can help people, a lot more people at a time than you can just put that one-on-one. So thinking on a bigger scale. Yeah. It's intimidating though, isn't it? Like, I'm sure that's hard to create something that you feel will work for a mass of people. It is. And I think that's where I, you know, I still get tripped up. Sometimes I get bursts of really good momentum and I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. I'm going to add this and this and this. And then I kind of slow down. I'm like, Ooh, okay. But I got, I got to think about this. And then I don't really know how to say this or do this part. So I'm taking it slow and I'm trying not to put a ton of pressure on myself to have it done by a certain time. I figure it's better to just take my time and and do it right. And so that's hard as like a type A person for me, but but I'm I'm working through it. 
And you also, um, maybe you could speak a little bit too. I know as dietitians, um, a lot of us that probably view your account or kind of watch the things that you do, as far as working with brands, that's not an easy task to make those connections and have those relationships. So maybe speak a little bit about just the process that you have to go through to kind of start creating those connections and reaching out to those people. Yeah. So this is another topic that, you know, I, I am super passionate about because I, I want to help other dietitians also be able to do this and to be able to create healthy recipes for other people out there or, you know, have relationships with brands so that they can communicate really important nutrition, nutrition messages. Um, you know, one of the first places to start, I think, is social media. So using that to your advantage to get the ball rolling with a brand. Um, I do think that is a good place to get their attention in the first place. So if you are a recipe creator and you're on social media, I think just naturally tagging brands that you use in your everyday life and that you're excited by, I think goes a long way. And I really do know that PR firms and brands, they're looking for their genuine fans out there. So that won't go unnoticed. And I truly cannot tell you how many times I've stroke, uh, excuse me, how many times I strike up a conversation with a brand via DMs. And I've heard that's like so taboo, like you should never message people on Instagram, but it actually can really work in your favor to get the right person's email address if you do want to chat about a collaboration. Hopefully the Instagram, whoever's, um, doing the Instagram page will just will share the right person's email address and then you have a foot in the door and you can send them an email and introduce yourself. So I think it can really be as easy as that. And I do think that brands notice if you're a genuine fan and you're already recommending their products to your clients or your followers, that's going to go a long way. And, and honestly, that makes the best partnerships, that connection of, I, I love your product. It's helping me in my life. And I want to tell people about that, that that's already like, you know, going to help you create that partnership with them. And as far as um, when you're working with them, maybe talk about how time involved it is. And, you know, just it looks very glamorous, but there's a yeah. lot of work that goes <laughs> into it. Right. I mean, it's not something that just, oh, you just spend an afternoon in the kitchen and voila, you came up with this awesome, you know, collaboration with this brand. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I definitely want to address this because I've heard so many times that, you know, it does look so glamorous and <laughs> so simple and it's really not. There are so many different intricacies at play and, you know, just with between deciding what you're going to create and creating it and have that turning out, have that turn out in the first place. And then, um, you know, most brands these days want to review everything that you create for them before it goes live. So you have to kind of bake in a review process and, and the timing can really play a huge factor. So staying organized with everything and, and sometimes recipes don't work out. You know, you could have a day planned where you're like, Oh, I'm going to do these five things and I'm, I'm going to be done. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> like things don't always like appear as beautifully photographed as they are. So it's, it's, it's a lot of pre-planning and, and, I will say I'm not perfect at it. You know, I've definitely run into things and, and have learned from those situations. But um, 
yeah, there, there is a lot of planning on the back end and staying organized and, you know, learning on the fly all the time. So it's like, okay, this didn't work or, you know, I'm trying to think of a good idea. Maybe that's different than what I've seen out there before. Like that could require some thought um, before you take that idea to a brand and, and, and on their end too, you know, they could be working with a team of people. And so it could be a while before you guys put on the green light and get going with all the content. So there's just a lot of stuff um, at play on, on both ends. But I think being clear and having open communication with the brand makes things go a lot smoother. And um, these days too, lots of brands have um, like a styling guide that they like to send along that tells you what they, what their preferences are or do's and don'ts. And that's helpful to be like, okay, I know where to begin a little and, and I'll take it from here. Such a good, good, good way to explain it all. Cause I know that there's so much work that goes behind the scenes that a lot of people don't realize. And do you, do you have any help? Do you have any assistance with what you do? Um, I don't at the moment. I, um, I had an intern for a little bit, um, who is, is getting her master's in nutrition and she was able to help me with some blog work, which was great. Honestly, I still struggle with being able to delegate things and or um, playing the project manager in my own business. So I, I'm always like really eager to dive in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get all this stuff done today. And then I'm like, shoot, if I just had like planned and or delegated a little bit, like this could have gone smoother. So I'm still working on that part. But I have had an intern in the past and... Hopefully more to come in the future. <laughs> yeah. I, and you know, I always feel like interns are great, except there's always that beginning kind of learning curve too. So they understand what, what you need and you understand what they need and vice versa. There's some time that you have to spend with that as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So thinking of the future, and I, I know that you have a lot of fantastic things planned. And I know specifically that you have a cookbook coming out soon. And by this time this is released, it might already be out. But talk to me about that process. It sounds like a labor of love for you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is actually a funny story. And I'm I'm excited to share it with you because I think it's a really the way it came about, I think is pretty unique. Um I actually self-published a cookbook, a pumpkin cookbook. Um, what is it now? Two summers ago, I think it was 2018. And I really didn't have a ton of expectations with it. I really just wanted to do it as a fun project for me and something I could share with my followers and just another kind of way to solidify my brand and say like, Hey, I have a pumpkin cookbook too. Like, I'm crazy for pumpkin. <laughs> um, so I just self-published that book and I went through Amazon KDP, that platform to put it up on Amazon. And then I sold it from my blog as well. And, and that was kind of it. I, I ended up collaborating with some brands on recipes in that book, which was great. And then I was kind of like, okay, this is probably as good as it's going to get, but I'm still proud of this and, and I'm happy that I did it. And then last last pumpkin season. So this was October, 2019. This was literally October 31st. I remember the day and I get an email from a publishing company saying that they saw my once upon a pumpkin cookbook and that they'd love to consider actually publishing it under their, you know, house. So I was like, Oh my gosh, is this real? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. 
had no idea that they could even find me or that this was even possible to take it to the next level. Um, so it was kind of crazy because they said I was able to make any updates or adjustments to the copy, but I had to get it back to them. I believe it was six weeks. So here I am um, <laughs> looking at the past book and thinking, okay, like it would be so cool if I could, you know, update the pictures, update some of the recipes. So I really got to work in that six week period to update everything I wanted to, um, did a little bit of an overhaul just to be more comprehensive in some sections of pumpkin recipes and to just have a, a greater variety. So while I didn't have to do a ton of work, I ended up doing a lot of work to kind of redo it, but I'm so happy and excited for it to come out. And it was totally worth it to be crazy for six weeks. <laughs> Listen, six weeks is not a lot of time, is it? I would have been like, only six weeks? Oh, yeah. I mean, they said in order to have it ready by this fall, because it'll be sure. yeah, published in July, that, that would they had to have it that quickly. And so... I was able to hire a photographer to help me, which was so important, which was so great. I couldn't have done it without her. Um, and, and yeah, now I feel like, like, I don't know. I, I'm so excited that the, the original book has a new life and that hopefully it can get into the hands of more pumpkin loving people. Well, and what a great story too. Like something that you did, you self-published. So you did it because you wanted to do it. It was your thing. You paid for it. You put it out into the world and the world found it and it came back to you. I know it, it's so crazy. And, and that is just the true example of how um, entrepreneurship can be such a, a roller coaster ride and can be so wild at times, but then it can be so rewarding. I mean, I think when I actually see the hardcover copy of the book, like it's all going to hit me that this, this happened. And, and it was because I, I started that book in the first place and, and decided to publish it. So I think that's just goes to show like if you have, a dream and you want something, um, take it into your own hands and it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, but putting it out there in the universe is so powerful. Absolutely. What a great, I love that story. That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. Is there, I know, I mean, is there, there's plenty of things that you're working on, but is there anything else, um, in the future that you're looking forward to as far as your business? Yeah. So actually on the note of working with brands and nutrition communications that way, um, I am launching a course that has to do with how to work with the media, how to work with brands, how to niche down to stand out as a dietitian. Um, so I'm so excited about that. Um, it's definitely been a passion project because through my PR experience and now running my own business, there's just been a lot of stories and experiences and, and situations that I've gone through that I want to share with other people to hopefully help their business. So I'm really excited for this to come out. It's actually coming out next week. Ooh. Um, yeah. And, and I think it'll be great. And, and it's all kind of things that, you know, I wish I knew before jumping into starting my own business. So I'm hoping that it helps it go smoothly for other RD entrepreneurs in the future. That's great. And yes, we will. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that would love to, to get all the knowledge they can from you. I'm excited about it. Is that going to be um, available on your website or where can people find information about all these yeah. things? Yes, that will be on my website. Um, there will be more information about the pumpkin cookbook on my website too. Okay. Well, I will definitely link 
all of that in my show notes and encourage everyone to check it out and connect with you because I think you're such a wealth of information. Thank you. Well, I have to end with our five questions (laughs) that I'd like to know a little bit more about you, but will you share foods that you enjoy with me? Yes. Five foods? Did you say? You don't have to do five. No. (laughs) Just my five questions. This is just one of the five questions. So. Um, let me like, why is this so hard? (laughs) Um, okay. Like I am a sucker for pumpkin baked goods and I know that that's such an obvious answer from me, but I really do enjoy like a very nice spiced, like pumpkin muffin or a slice of pumpkin bread. Like I could probably eat that every day if, if I could, um, that, yeah, that would have to be it. Favorite of all time. I feel like you could have it for every day. I mean, every time of the day, it's good for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. It's very appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) How about beverages? What's a beverage that you enjoy? Beverages. Um, right now I'm kind of on a huge coconut water kick. Um, I just feel like it's really refreshing after a workout or as it's like warming up a little bit, I I feel like it's quenching my thirst. Um, I also really like to do like a lemon mint water. So I'll just put like fresh mint leaves and lemon and water. And it's just a more fun way to drink water during the day. Um, Other beverages include white wine. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that would hit all the categories. That's a good, that's a good combination. Um, any scents or smells that you enjoy? Ooh, love the scent of pu- or the pumpkin spice smell. Love that. Um, definitely have lots of different candles and, and fall inspired scents. Um, I will say like fresh linen too. Um, I'm a sucker for those candles as well. And I will buy those to, to light. So like the fresh linen scent and pumpkin scents. Those are both good scents. They're just like one's like really warm and one's like really clean. So you get like a good combination of both depending on your mood. (laughs) Um, Anything that you like to listen to, like when you're working, working out, playing? Yeah, I'm a huge podcast fan, Um, especially too. I feel like as I'm in the kitchen doing different things, it's really easy to just have one on. And I like to learn different like business and website things through um, podcasts and, and just hear about my colleagues and stuff like that and, and listen to conversations. Um, I, I love nineties music. So <laughs> I will just have like a, a throwback jam on all the time. Nice. Nice. That's, that was a good decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Maggie, what brings you joy in life? What brings me joy? Oh, this is a tough one too. Cause I, I, a lot of things come to mind. I think one of the things that brings me joy is spending time with my friends and family, spending time outdoors. This is going to be multiple things. But another thing that brings me joy too, especially related to my career, is you know helping people with um, a nutrition issue they might be having or just seeing kind of the light bulb go off when they do understand um, the way nutrition works or how it could help them. That, that really does bring me joy. Um, talking to other people about business stuff and about health and nutrition really brings me joy. I, I find a lot of happiness through conversations with other people to hear their opinions. Um, so I'm always trying to learn new things through that way as well. It's a very good balance. I think there's, it's good to have a lot of things that bring you joy. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, thank you for being my joy today. I appreciate your time. And um, yes, I will link all the exciting things that you're doing in our show notes. And thank you so much for all you do for our profession. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was really nice to chat and I love your podcast. So thank you for doing this for our profession as well. Maggie's journey has been one of taking leaps and doing things that has made her successful today. I love her story about her cookbook. It definitely speaks to not being afraid to do something because you never know how it could change your life. Make sure to go to Maggie's website, onceuponapumpkin.com, learn more about her classes and her cookbook. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.